Hello and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. We breathe all the time without giving it any thought, but paying attention to our breath is one way to unlock the door to a better life. My guest today, Kristen McGee, is one of the most sought after and recognized yoga instructors in New York City, and she happens to be a friend of mine. She's here to explain how connecting with our breath can help us and offer easy ways to make it part of our lives. Kristen McGee, what a joy it is to have you on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. So for I'm so excited to introduce you to my listeners because you all, I have such a great, rich history with Kristen McGee. It's been I would say over 20 years now that I have considered you one of my all-time favorite yoga instructors. You are just incredible. I know I'm make, I'm going to make you blush here. I just have to. Yo, um, Kristen is just incredible. She is so inspiring and knowledgeable and makes yoga so accessible and doable and makes you feel so like you don't have to be perfect or something to do this, that you can just come into the room the way you are and get something out of it um, and then walk away with something as well. Um, so thank you, Kristen, for all that you've given me over the years. And I'm just thrilled to have you um, with us today. Oh, I am so happy to be here. And I feel the same way about you every time I see you come into the studio when we used to have classes on Friday you would light up the room and it just feels so nice to hear that people can resonate with yoga no matter where they are, no matter what their level. And I'm so happy that that resonated with you in my classes and that I'm able to share that with everyone. Yeah. And also, so I want anyone who's like, oh, I'm not into yoga and wants to like hang up now or, you know, press stop now. We're not talking about yoga really today with Kristen. It's connected to yoga, but we're talking about something much bigger. So um, I'll get to that in a minute, what Kristen's one real good thing is. But even if you're not into yoga, it doesn't matter. Stick around because you're going to walk away with some really good, really inspiring stuff. Um, but I love that my daughter, when she was like, I don't know, five years old, seven years old, did loved your DVD called Bendy Girl. And that's what turned her on to yoga when she was just a little tyke. And what a great video that is. Oh, that makes me so happy. That was the most fun video. And at the time I made it for younger girls, especially and boys, because there's this stage in life where kids start to uh, stop judging themselves from the inside out and start to judge themselves from the outside in. And I don't want kids to lose that quality of just connecting to themselves and feeling themselves from the inside out and not judging themselves. And yoga is such a perfect outlet for that because it really does help foster positive self-esteem and self-love and just getting to know yourself better. So this really leads right into your one real good thing because your one real good thing is very much about tapping inside and listening to what's happening inside your body, as opposed to what a piece of paper is telling you or something or or society is telling you or something like that. Exactly. And you're one real good thing. And this is one thing I love about this show. When I get someone like you, who's such an expert on so many different aspects of wellness and fitness and yoga, and I say, what's your one thing? And it forces you to kind of like decide what's the most important thing. You said, connect with your breath. 
So why is that your one thing? Why is that so important and so central to your philosophy? I think it is so important. And it is the one thing that I did learn when I started practicing yoga that I hadn't realized I was never aware of beforehand. And if only I had really, I think, learned how to use my breath as a tool for um, emotional regulation and for all sorts of things that we do in life. I remember being a young girl and my father was telling me to stop crying. And I think you tell a child to stop crying and they don't know how to stop crying. You're just crying. But if you say to a child, take a deep breath, then you take a deep breath. All of a sudden, then the child is like, oh, okay. They almost automatically stop crying. And it's like as an adult learning these tools by using our breath to tap in to wherever we are in whatever state. And this is great while we're exercising or while we're performing yoga, but also off of the mat or when we're not exercising just in daily life to constantly check in with ourselves by taking a breath because it gives us that pause. It gives us that moment. And it also is regulating our emotions. So we tap into more of a parasympathetic state or more of a rested state when we take a full inhalation through the nose and a full exhalation out the nose. And it allows our nervous system to just, you know, de like dysregulate from whatever it is that we're feeling and tap into ourselves in a new way where I always say, because this isn't about yoga, but I always say to people who are afraid to do yoga that if you, you can breathe, you can do yoga because mainly the practice is about connecting your mind and your body through your breath and no one else can breathe for you. That's the beauty of connecting to your own breath because all of a sudden you feel so much more empowered and so much more in control of yourself and it allows you to do so many more things in life and it gives you this feeling of when you find the full potential of your lungs, when you actually take a deep breath and keep filling up and you find that potential of your lungs, it helps you find the potential of your entire being and of all the things that you can do. So it's a reminder that our potential is limitless and that oftentimes our head is holding ourselves back. But when we take an inhalation, which is like an inspiration, it reminds us that we have so much more to offer and so much more to connect with inside of ourselves. And it's kind of a nice way to not really drop out of our heads and into our heart, but unite more our head and our heart because our breath is that conduit or is that link. Right. So it's interesting because it becomes like an awareness of your breath, right? Is that what you mean by connect with your, the word connect means just have an awareness of your breath? Yes. And utilize it because you can be, you know, running around all day long and not very aware of your breath because the breath can breathe for you, but we can also regulate our breath. That's what's so cool. It's not like our heart where we can tell our heart how to beat, right? The, the heart's just going to beat on its own. But with our breath, we can actually regulate it, monitor it. We can practice breathing in different ways that are going that, and those practices are going to make us feel so much better. So it's like, Connecting with your breath, maybe even first thing in the morning before you do anything else to wake up and take a deep full breath and connect with your breath right away so that you can remind yourself throughout the day when all of a sudden you find yourself maybe holding your breath because you're anxious or you're tight or you're angry or you're 
breathing really shallow because you're depressed and your head's hanging over and your shoulders are rounded forward or you're not breathing at all because you're so concentrated on your computer and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need to take a deep breath. Or maybe it even helps you when you're out running, you know, and you're like, I, my legs feel so tired, but all of a sudden you connect with your breath and you're able to keep going. I think it's, there's so many times where it's applicable in life and our daily life, but we forget about using that. And it's, it's at our disposal all the time. So it's not like a lot of times, maybe you would need an endorphin rush from a good run, but you can't just leave your desk and go for a run, but you could take a deep full breath at your desk or, for me as a single mom of three boys, there's moments when I feel super overwhelmed. And then when I just pause and take a full breath and connect with my breath again, things feel a lot more manageable. And I can come from a place of more like of less just reaction and a better response. I think that's in part because it really breathing because our body is automatically breathing all the time or else we die. Right. Mm -hmm. But just being aware of our breath forces us into the present moment. Yes. So maybe a lot of our, and that's why it's so much the basis of meditation is this breath in, breath out, and this awareness of your breathing, because there's nothing more in the moment than your breath that you're taking right then and there. And maybe a lot of what causes our anxiety and anxiousness and racing around and doing all this and stress and sadness and all of this is almost projecting too much into the future or relying too much on thinking about the past. And we need to think about the future and we need to think about the past. But we, if we live there, we, we can often get out of balance. So I think one way to get out of those negative kind of um, tide pools, right? Yes. Is to come back to the moment that you're living in right now and that to me is partly what connecting with your breath is. I, I don't know if you agree. 100%. And then it, it gives us that feeling of being present and being grounded. And when you said when we're connecting with where we are right here, right now, really all we can do is control where we are right here, right now. So we can worry about the future and what's going to happen next, but we really can't predict the outcome no matter what. We can try and manage it to work in its our favor. But we could also, if we just get stuck sitting in the past and ruminating over the things that we did or didn't do, I mean, sometimes there's good memories that we can think about, but, you know, when we stay in this present moment and we, we're connecting with our breath in the moment, it gives us this full capacity to be present. And it also gives us this feeling of being so much more enabled and empowered. And so we are like, we're, we're the, the captain of our own ship. So maybe the exercise, you started like um, tapping into this. So the activity that a person could do to start to tap in and connect with their breath. So maybe when you wake up in the morning, as you say, just take a moment before you get out of bed, before you start checking your phone and all that, and just like sit there and breathe for a couple of minutes. Is that what you suggest? Yes. I mean, it's a lot less daunting for someone who's afraid to start a meditation practice as well, because like you said, a lot of meditation practices are are just the foundation is the breathing. You might start with breath work to help you get deeper into your a meditative state, but you don't have to put the pressure on yourself to say, oh, I'm going to wake up and start meditating every day. If you're judging yourself about how you meditate, which you, you shouldn't be, but it can be hard. It can be daunting for people, but 
just waking up and starting your day with a full breath and you start with one and it feels so good. And maybe over time you notice like you've developed a little practice in the morning where you just get up and you breathe and you listen into yourself and you connect with what's going on inside and to pay attention to how you're breathing. Because just by connecting with that breath in the morning, you might notice, oh, my inhalations are longer than my exhalations, or I'm not fully exhaling all the air out, or I'm breathing pretty much primarily into my chest and I'm not getting a deeper belly breath. Or, you know, kids start to play around with where you're spreading that breath and how you're taking that maybe timing the inhalation and the exhalation and feeling how they can work together and they can become more smooth. And then it sets you up for a smoother day. And I feel like it's really fun. It's like an investigation of, oh, how am I breathing? And could I be breathing a little deeper? And could I breathe a little more into my lower back and the sides of my waist? And and then you start to just become like a really oxygenated person. And you're like, Ooh, I don't need my coffee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that would happen to me. But, <laughs> but, um, but I think it's really interesting because then you can sort of start to recognize how different types of breathing makes you feel. Like when you're breathing shallow, oftentimes it's a result of anxiety or angst or whatever. But yep. if you can stop yourself and start to breathe from your belly and your sides and take deeper, more full breaths, it can actually alleviate those feelings of anxiety on some level, and then you can, um, or stress or whatever. And then you can use that when you have the feeling of stress, when you're feeling anxious and your sweaty palms and you're just, your shoulders are at your ears, you can start to say, okay, I'm going to do my breathing for a couple of even 10 breaths. I'm going to just breathe deeply. And it's amazing how it can affect your whole mood. Completely. It can shift everything. And it's great because like you just said, then you, the more you just practice it in a normal state, in your steady waking state, you wake up and you practice it. Then it's in those moments of distress or those uncomfortable positions that you might automatically go back to the breath to help you manage them. Like you said, it becomes more of like a second nature tool. You're like, oh, all I have to do right now is just take a deep breath and maybe it won't make it go away completely, but it will definitely make it less intense and it will help me kind of figure things out and manage things better. And then again, it always helps you, I think, come from a place of a, a better place of response and of knowing your response as opposed to just reaction or feeling like you have to do something. Because a lot of times in those moments, it's hard not to feel like you have to do something to make those uncomfortable feelings go away. Like, like, fight or flight mechanism, right? Which is your sympathetic state. But if you drop into the parasympathetic state, which the breath can help you do, the rest or digest state, it actually helps you just settle down for a moment and take a pause. And then you don't feel so anxious to have to do something right away. You can just be, you can just let that breath help you reconnect with yourself. Right. I, I read something or heard something that said that the time between when something happens and your response, that is your gift. That yeah. time between when something happens and when you respond. And so yeah. that response, it can be, you know, a trigger thing where you're just like bite somebody's head off mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe act in a way that you wouldn't act if you thought about it for a minute. Sometimes yeah. taking that space and luxuriating in it a little and breathing through it can really help your interpersonal relationships. <laughs> 100% because also it, it 
your emotional state affects the states of everyone or the state of everyone around you, right? So I feel like also it's so cool because my exhalation becomes your inhalation. Your exhalation becomes someone else's inhalation. We're all sharing this same universal breath. So if we take charge of our internal state and come from this really great place of just relaxation and not reaction, it really affects the temperature of the room or whoever you're with. I mean, I notice it with my boys 100%. The more I practice what I preach, the more I, like you said, stop before the reaction or take those moments to calm down and take a deep breath, my boys start to notice that and then they mimic it, which is great because I see them using tools that are so much more effective for them as well, that are more powerful and they're going to help them become really self-aware, nice boys growing up, which I I hope for. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't take action. It doesn't mean you don't get angry or sad or have all those feelings, but it's just you're doing it in a way that's more um, thoughtful mm-hmm. <laughs> in that regard and tempered. Um, and then when but- it can, you connect with yourself and your breath, you can say it in an I phrase as opposed to like, you did this to me. It would be like, I felt upset when this happened. And that's always a better place to come from as well. Right. Totally. Um, so let's talk about this just also from like an exercise point of view, because one of the things um, about yoga that I love is the breathing is so connected with the practice, right? It's really, as you're moving, you're breathing, and that is so intertwined. Yes. Um, But you can really, I feel like connecting with your breath. I mean, for me personally, I took a hike, I I feel like taking a being aware of my breathing helps me listen to my body and what it understand what it needs, actually. And I think that's something that I talk about a lot with regard to eating and how do you feel, you know, instead of listening to a piece of paper or some diet plan that's written out telling you what you need, mm-hmm. if you tap in more and listen to what your signals are telling you, that your body is telling you, that is always the truer place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of us get away from that because we're so busy looking at our monitors or looking looking at our, you know, tracking devices or whatever. Um, but I think breathing and connecting with your breath can really help you when you're exercising. So for me, not only can it help you say like, okay, I'm going to get a nice good breath here and work up a sweat and I want to be breathing more quickly because I'm going for that aerobic exercise. It also helps me know when to stop. Like I did this really hard hike in New Zealand. It was a hard, it was 12 and a half miles. It was the hardest hike I ever did. It was truly epic. And the scenery was epic. Everything about it was amazing. But I, I was breathing. It was so hard for me to breathe on this uphill portion. I knew I had to rest. My body was basically saying, girl, you need to rest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and I feel like I need to, heed that. And so tapping into your breath, my my breath wasn't letting me ignore it at that point. But I do think that it's sort of a reminder of how you can control it and it can help you get out of a stressful situation, but also to just listen to it and be aware of it and heed its call in that way. Yes. Like it is your guide. It will tell you if you're truly listening when, you know, something's like you're at a place where it's not good, like in a yoga practice, that's why I always say, the second you start to feel yourself holding your breath, you probably need to back out of a shape because you might be trying to push yourself too hard. And that's when injury occurs or you're, 
you know, if you're in a really deep hip opener and it, you start to feel like you're super tense and you can't breathe, well, then back off like your hike. You're on this super crazy hike and you get to a point where your body's saying, no, I need a rest. Great. Take that rest. That's what your breath is there for, to be your guide. I'm training for the London Marathon. I've never ran more than like two or three miles. I like to run, but I'm more of a yogi. And so running has always just been kind of like a, and and when I joined Peloton, I picked it up more because I I just loved the classes and the and my colleagues. But so on my bucket list is to run this marathon, and that's the similar thing with you with the training. If I'm running, and I can't keep my breath, and that's why a lot of times they'll say the conversations conversational pace because if you can't speak while you're in that you know not like a, a heavy zone, if I'm pushing myself on an interval, that's different. But if I'm doing a long run. I'm really mainly trying to focus on my breath and just keep my breath flowing and keep my breath going. And if my breath starts to feel really labored, that is my guide to maybe slow down a little bit. I don't have a special watch. I don't have a heart rate monitor. I don't have anything, but my breath just kind of guiding the way. And that's all the monitor you really need. Really? Yes. So I think that's really good to keep in mind. And I'm, and again, no, you know, I'm not saying don't have a tracker tracking device. Yeah. If it helps you, like no shame in that. I'm exactly. like, go for it, but don't let it stop you from actually listening to your breath as well, or maybe mm-hmm. first <laughs> listening to your breath first and connecting with that. And it's so interesting how our breath is connected to our diaphragm and our diaphragm. I liked what you even said about just connecting to your gut, kind of like this feeling of just listening into when you're hungry or when you're full or getting to know your body better, your breath can help you with all of those things. It can, it's, I feel like it's just so connected to everything in that region. I noticed even with like my women I work with who have pelvic floor issues, they call that the pelvic floor, like the second diaphragm. So if your diaphragm and your pelvic floor aren't connected or working in sync, you have like a you're not managing pressure correctly. And that's why sometimes people suffer, men and women, from incontinence or or certain pressure management things that can cause hernias or, you know, so it's very interesting to like look at it even from a physiological state or from like the whole physical way that your breath is connected to areas in your body. It can rebalance so many things. Yeah. So it's fascinating. So I really understand why your one real good thing is connect with your breath. I mean, it brings you into the present moment. It can help sort of calm you down neurologically. Mm-hmm. It can, it's a touch point into understanding what your body is going through at a given moment and responding to that appropriately. It can help you step back and react more calmly and more soundly to to issues in your life and so it is pretty much it is pretty much a fabulous one real good thing Kristen you summed <laughs> that up so well I'm like I've got to keep all of that that you just said that was excellent <laughs> well it's I don't know true. if there's a- anything else you would like to add um as we wrap up and kind of leave people with this notion and hopefully everyone um finishes up here today and decides to take a few deep breaths <laughs> Yeah, I think it's good, again, like anything, to just start small. Don't feel like it has to be, you know, oh, now I'm going to start breathing all the time in every moment and make sure that I'm breathing correctly. It just starts small in the morning. Take a deep breath. Lie down if it feels more comfortable for you to feel relaxed so that you can feel your entire body fill up with breath and, you know, day by day. But it's such a nice reminder 
And I hope that more people will utilize it because I do think that it's it's a tool that we all have right here at our disposal and it doesn't cost anything. It's free. And it also is a gift that keeps on giving. Like we had mentioned earlier, once we learn to connect with our breath, we become just, uh, we, we are leading an example and we're also really influencing other people to just kind of feel good and calm in their bodies. I love it. So yeah, it's free and it's always with you. Yes, exactly. I love it. Kristen McGee, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy and I can't wait to see you again soon. Likewise. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to connect with your breath in your everyday life. Join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.